Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thad Phillips was a regular kid in the 90s. He loved sports and collecting baseball cards. But little did he know, one evening would change his world forever. Today's story is the story of Thad Phillips, and it is a survival story. A story about enduring and fighting for one's life. But it's not only that, it's also a story about just how dark humanity really can get. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. It's cold, like cold, cold, like colder than it usually is for some reason. Icy cold? It is. Like it's cold on my hands. Or maybe I'm just, oh, maybe I'm just warmer than normal because summer is actually finally fucking here. (laughs) I think that's what it is. Never mind. I solved the problem. Yay. We have like 20 degree weather. It's It's the best. It's so nice. It's finally here. I I can't get enough of it, which, which we just decided today that we're finally going to go mountain biking because snow is actually gone. Yeah, actually, I was driving around today looking for locations for photo shoots. And um, I was like, why didn't I not like, did I not plan to go paddle boarding for like an hour somewhere? What is wrong with me? Why didn't you? I don't know. The water would be cold as shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. But so like you would hope that you wouldn't fall in. I guess. Would you risk that? Isn't that usually the hope when you go paddle boarding that you don't fall in? Well, unless you're like wearing your bathing suit and you're ready to go. But, but then, then that's just swimming. Yeah. Because the the point of paddle boarding is to be on the board, is it not? It is. So I'm debating going paddle boarding as well, but it's like it's a little bit scarier than mountain biking because if you fall in, you're kind of fucked. Touche. Touche. But the, the point is we're actually going to be getting to enjoy summer soon. Mm. It's warm. Outdoor activities, not just cooped up in a tiny home surrounded by snow and darkness. Yeah. So that's always a bonus. It feels like we're just like breathing in life again, hey? Oh, definitely. And speaking of breathing in, you breathed in mini donuts on the weekend. I did. (laughs) I don't know if anyone knows what like mini donuts specifically are. From like a fair. Yeah, like the tiny ones, like the cinnamon sugar on it. That are basically just like deep fried to glorious yeah it's basically crack in the shape of a donut yeah delicious so yeah. we just had a local little comic con here this past weekend called northern fan con um i go every year and you stop by and you're just like oh you have a little bit of a good time you see me while i'm there and of course there was a food truck with mini donuts and you indulged oh yeah i go i well, i go every year too i'm pretty sure i don't know if i've missed a year have i missed a year i don't think so 
Possibly. But you only go because you support me. Well, yeah. I'm a nerd dressing up in costumes and, and selling stuff and doing yeah. that whole nine thing. So, yeah. And, like, they don't always have mini donuts. So that was a perk. But they usually have delicious lemonade. So I – Yeah. There are some perks for me. Well, there and you did bring perks. me mini donuts, too. I shouldn't say you're the only one. <laughs> you brought me mini donuts. So I was really happy. Yeah, we didn't need those mini donuts, but they hit good. They did. Um, before we get into the show today – before we talk a bit about Thad Phillips, we, of course, got to thank, patron- <laughs> thank our patrons. Yes, we do. So we had a few patrons sign up this week over on Patreon. We had Dan Kane, Roger Reed, and Red Autumn join us over on Patreon. Thank you. Yes, thank you, guys. And they're actually getting awesome. A, they're getting an extra Patreon episode. Yeah, they are. Because we kind of dropped the ball and uh, a little delayed on the episode from the previous month. Yeah. So we're making it up to them. They're getting an extra exclusive episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, we have something else to talk about here. Oh, what's that? And this is kind of exciting. So, we did a second launch of our artisan mugs. We did. Yeah. And so, we launched them, I don't even know. Friday. Friday. Okay. Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay. And it was not a complete shit show this time. It wasn't. And there's still some left. There is. So, if you guys want them, uh, link is going to be in the description of this podcast. We'll find out how long they last, but there are a few left over on our Etsy shop. Yeah. So last time we broke Etsy and uh, they like banned our shop. We had to go ask for it back because they were selling so quick. Um, but this time, uh, the first day went, half of them sold and we still got a few left. Mm-hmm. So go check it out if you want them. Yeah. So they're a little bit bigger than the last time. They're a black pottery mug. Um, they have like glazed drips on them and they say stay wicked. They're yeah. pretty cool. And like most of the cup is still like the raw um, finish. finish on it, which... I know it's not for everybody. We're probably going to do some different ones down the road. But for now, it's got that like raw look to it. And that's says stay wicked. Yeah. So it's a fantastic way to have your coffee in the morning. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's enough self-promotion aside. Let's talk about the story. You ready for it? Let's do it. Okay. Have you heard of Thad Phillips no. before? <laughs> no. I am like, I feel like I'm the worst true ca- crime fan ever now because half the shit I just am like, no, I've never heard of it. Well, I mean, there is a lot out there, especially when people like really talk about certain stories. It's everyone has one that tends to sit with them. Mm-hmm. So when it's like, oh, this one, and then someone else be like, oh, that one, and then someone else, oh, well, this one. So the list tends to go on and on and on. There's no shortage of true crime cases. Let's just say that. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> I don't think there ever is going to be either, oh. which is very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it gives us a, a, job or a hobby or something or whatever you want to call it of sorts but it also would the preference would be to not have these yeah to eliminate the 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 crime in the world the negativity the Uh, terrible shit that happens to people yeah okay well let's talk about this terrible shit that absolutely happened to thad okay so it starts on july 29th in 1995 a young 13 year old boy by the name of thad phillips He was asleep on his couch in a new home in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Him and his family had just moved into the neighborhood, and they'd only been there at the new home for a few weeks. It was a new sort of life for the family. They didn't really know any of the neighbors in the block or anything. You know, they were just kind of like the new people, right? Okay. So they're settling in, and Thad's just your normal young kid. He was often outside playing sports, for example, with his friends enjoying the sunshine. He loved playing baseball. He loved collecting Baseball cards, football cards, standard 90s kit. Mm, Yep. And on this particular night, 
He had fallen asleep on the couch. He was up watching TV and he ended up drifting off. So his sleep was eventually interrupted. He felt himself being lifted off the couch and carried away. Now Thad had recalled that his parents had taken him to bed when he had passed out on the couch multiple times before. So as he's being carried away, he expected being laid into his bed the next moment. But that's not quite what happened. He was still half asleep, but Thad knew something was kind of wrong. It wasn't his parents that was carrying him off to his bed. A few moments later, he kind of began to come out of his daze when he was realizing this wasn't quite right. He was looking up at the stars in the sky above him at oh, night. Oh, jeez. He was being carried away outside his house in someone else's arms. No. That someone was another boy. Older than Thad, but still definitely not an adult. He was about the same age as his older brother, and Thad assumed that it must be maybe one of his friends or something. And this put the boy at about the age of 17 years old. The boy set Thad down on the cold, damp ground and was calm and friendly when he asked Thad to run with him. It was an odd request. It was the middle of the night and this boy just carried him out of his house. But Thad was still dazed quite out of it. He basically just woke up, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, so he assumed, okay, this guy's being nice. It seems like he's acting normal. Like, okay, sure. So he just trusted him and just uh. complied and... That's, Without hesitation, they just began running down the road. That's so innocent, eh? Yeah, it is. Just oh, okay. Without question, he trusted him. Oh, my gosh. Well, because like he, he at that age, you probably have no reason not to trust someone, I guess. Definitely. I don't know. Oh. So the two made their way off into the night, and eventually they arrived at an old rundown house that was about a mile away from where Thad had lived. They stepped inside. And the entire place was an absolute mess. There was garbage strewn about the place and a sharp stench of mold and rotting food lingered in the air. The strange boy then turned to Thad and officially made his introduction. He said that his name was Joe. And he said that he's having a party in which some people will be coming by pretty quick. And he started listing off a few names of people who are going to be coming to said party. And to Thad's surprise, he actually recognized some of the names that he mentioned. Some people that he now goes to school with. Oh, wow. Okay. So it didn't seem like, okay, it's not so crazy to think that this might happen. It's weird. He's still kind of dazed. Uh, he's a young kid. I mean, we're still all learning the world at that point, right? Yeah. Well, and then there's some familiarity with recognizing of the names. Exactly. So, so that kind of grounds and makes him think, okay, so that this isn't. So weird because I should know these people and mm -hmm. it's, it's, they're going to be here too. So they think, they must think it's normal. So I should think it's normal. Yeah. Which, I mean, clearly that's not going to be the case. Oh my gosh. So anyways, after listing some names, um, Joe said that uh, while they wait for everyone to show up for the said party, he had some cool model cars upstairs in his room that he wanted to show Thad. And now Thad specifically stated later on he didn't know why he did but he without hesitation again continued to follow the other boy's lead he continued to trust him he followed him up the stairs of the dirty rundown house in the middle of the night he followed him into a room and this is where things would take their very dark turn oh shit what happened well what do you think happens 
So this is the kid's house, like where he lives, like his home. I never did find clarification exactly on that. I'm assuming it's not. Okay, but, but it's I like could pretend, never. Yes. Or like the innocent 13 year old Thad thinks that it is. Yes. I never did find clarification on the actual address of this quote, Joe. I'm assuming this is not his place because later on he does have a mom and all that sort of stuff. So I'm assuming it's not. Okay. But I don't know whose house this really is. I don't really even know what to think yet. This is very fucked up because I'm literally my heart is hurting because this 13 year old boy is so pure and innocent and just yep. following everything, which this is just seems there's just so many red flags that I am. But it's red. Unwell, basically. It's, it's red flags for us as adults. Yes. For a 13 year old kid who's just trusting. It's a little different. But then still, like at some point, like at that age, like you're still taught that like strangers are bad. But this this guy is still like very young and almost kind of like only a few years older than him. Right. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, shit's about to go down. Like, well, I, I mean, what's in the freaking room? Well, nothing particularly in this room. Like it's it's just a room. There's a bed in the room. It's a bedroom, right? It's a dirty house. There's garbage and it stinks, that sort of stuff. So there's nothing overtly dangerous in the room per se. Okay. However, when they enter the room, Joe's demeanor instantly flipped like a light switch. Yikes. He threw Thad down on the bed inside the room and he quickly sat next to him, grabbed for one of his legs. Thad now being thrown to a bed. Uh, he's scared, right? Well, yeah. So he began to try and fight back. But before he even had a chance to defend himself, this older boy, Joe, who might I say is like twice his size, managed to get a hold of his right foot. And with his foot in both of his hands, he began to <gasps> torque and twist sideways until all of a sudden what? a loud snap oh. was heard. And Thad felt the bone in his ankle give away under the pressure. Holy shit. You're kidding. Nope seriously yes just like went from like just a super nice guy to an instant he's just like breaking his his foot yes his ankle or whatever yes oh my gosh okay so after that joe took a step back placed his hands over his face and began kind of muttering to himself and thad was in shock not yet quite feeling the full force oh, of the geez. the pain in his now broken ankle mm -hmm. but he clearly knew the danger that he was in now so he knew he had to run. Well, yeah. And how do you even get out of like, that's a, an injury. Like, how do you even escape now? Exactly. I mean, he got up and he tried as best he could to get out of the room, down the stairs, through the kitchen, towards the front door. But like you said, he, he can't really. His best pretty much now is a quick hobble, mm -hmm. which means it's really easy for Joe to catch up to him. Awesome. Which is exactly what happened. So by the time he reached the kitchen, almost at the front jo front door, Joe came up behind him and grabbed him and tackled him to the floor. As I mentioned, this boy was like easily twice his size. So he overpowered him without a problem. Well, I think broken ankle or not, he'd still be able to probably catch him. Like, exactly. who the fuck is this guy? Well, we'll get there. So he took him down and then he dragged him from the kitchen into the living room. And then he threw him on the couch. Joe then took uh, Thad's right leg and lifted it up towards Thad's head, extended it far beyond its normal range of motion. And he pressed down with his full body weight on the leg and then gave it a twist 
and heard another snap. Oh my gosh. I am, I cannot, like, we're how far in? I'm not going to be able to do this episode. This is horrifying. It's not a fun one. It's graphic. I, I'm, this is probably one you needed to have filmed because I am, I can't do this. The rea- I can't even listen. I'm like, I just want to take my headphones You've off. You've been squirming in your seat a lot. Yeah. Well, t- to be fair, I was doing the very same thing during researching of this episode. It's not fun. Not fun at all. And I can't imagine what Thad would be going through. It, oh. He's 13 years old. Well, I just can't even. The fear and the agonizing pain. Yes. I need some. I'm. I need something to like fiddle with here. Like I gotta hold on to something. Yeah, that that coaster. There you go. Maybe you I'll got break that. it here in half eventually. <laughs> it's just cork. Go for it. Oh. Um, well, like I said, Thad being 13 though, and all this, it, I unfathomable pain. Let's just say it like that, because apparently breaking like femurs and stuff is one of the most yeah. excruciating things a human can feel apparently. So he blacked out as a result oh. of this and the injury that he did just sustain in this moment was a broken femur and a broken hip on the right side of his body. And that's along with the broken ankle that he already incurred on the right side of his body. Wow. Though that was, that's some intense injuries right there. Oh Yeah. I don't even know how well that would heal. Hey, your hip. Well, a hip is, it can be very dangerous, um, especially it gets like more into the pelvis because you have your artery running through mm-hmm. there. Yeah. If you break that pelvis, that is a get to the hospital now because internal bleeding, like you can bleed out and you're going to die very quickly. Right. All it takes is for a bone shard to puncture that artery and you're done. Dang. So when he did eventually wake up after blacking out, there was, of course, this excruciating pain radiating down the right side of his body into his leg, hip, as a result of the injuries. And Joe was just sitting there next to him. But he was now back to how he was when they first met. He was calm. He talked normal. And being relatively kind instead of this bizarre, crazed, wanting to break bones type monster he actually even began to explain to thad you know what's going on he said that he had a fascination with bones and the sound that they made when they broke seriously yes the 17 year old boy is fascinated by the sound of of breaking breaking bones. bones wow that's really disturbing yes i mean it is Let's paint this picture, though, here outside of the the breaking bones thing, too, because he's now friendly with them. And Thad actually began, became getting friendly with Joe in this situation, too, after he woke up. It's a very odd situation to look back on because Joe is now treating him as if he's basically a friend, even though he already had kidnapped him and brutally attacked him. And they're strangers, this whole thing. So like Thad is also treating him the same way. He's being nice and friendly, even though he's on his couch, kidnapped by him and with broken legs, uh, able leg. Sorry. Well, so is he kind of just playing nice. So I'm assuming that's right? exactly what Thad's doing. Yeah. He's got ulterior motives. Yeah. He's trying to a stall Joe. He's trying to figure out a way to escape. Uh, he's trying to b befriend him in hopes that, well, maybe he's just gonna, gonna let me go. Mm-hmm. And then also he's C trying to delay the possibility of an eventual additional attack. Yep. More broken bones. Yes. Well, could you imagine being held captive and this person is just like 
going on about how he likes the sound of breaking bones. Oh, and he's already broken your bones. To, yeah, like uh, quite a few of your bones. And he's already proven to easily been able to overpower you and you have no way of preventing it from happening again. Other than being nice. That is your current only fucking weapon in this situation. Oh my gosh. This is too much. It's too much. Right? Now, I just want to point out being nice is one thing, especially like to someone who's like hurting you, but you are in excruciating pain yeah. having to be nice. That's the one time I feel like where you can kind of, where things kind of slip, right? Where you, like if you are a kind person and you're in pain, like it's like, fuck off. Because you're just in so much excruciating pain, you're not thinking. Oh, yeah, you're overwhelmed. Yeah. So shit can go south pretty quick in that sort of situation. Yeah. But Thad has to keep it together oh, because he wait. doesn't want to trigger anything else to happen again. So through the rest of this night, Joe did go to sleep and he told Thad as well to go ahead and get some sleep too. But Thad couldn't get a wink of sleep. He was frozen in A, fear, and B, in pain, wondering what was coming next and if he was going to survive. The next morning, when Joe woke up, Thad continued the idea of being friends with his abductor. And it was no big deal sort of thing. So Thad was like, oh, you know, hey, uh, would I be able to call for my parents to come and pick me up? Almost like it was like, you know, just a sleepover yeah. just ended. And like, oh, it's no big deal. This is just kind of like a normal big thing. And parents will pick me up and it's just a normal freaking day, right? And he was actually extremely surprised when Joe said, yeah. And he handed him a telephone. Really? Really. Because at this point, like, Thad can probably not even move, really. No. Okay. So broken hip, femur, and ankle. Yeah. On his right-hand side. Yeah. So now having a telephone in his hand and the permission to call his parents from Joe, adrenaline was pumping through his system as he's trying not to, like, make himself look like he's panicking like oh my gosh like this this could be my moment exactly he's trying to keep it calm so he took the phone acting as casual as possible dialed his parents number and held the receiver up to his ear but when he did the only thing you could hear was joe's laughter on the other end of the room oh shit so he was just fucking with him the phone's cord was cut wow it was a dead phone that is heartbreaking. Isn't it? That is so fucking cold. Yeah. This guy, okay, I'm like, I mean, I'm feeling like we're going to be hearing about him, but he has to have some. Fiddle with the coaster. Fiddle with it. <laughs> You're going to need it, I think. He has to have some like bipolar or some sort of mental health issues going on here. Big time. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I didn't, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Later. We were, I'm, yeah, like yeah. I said, we're going to get there. I'm sure. For sure. So he's now sitting there just again, waiting for what's going to happen next. Oh my gosh. They were sitting there, they're watching TV together and a couple hours of waiting goes by. And then Thad caught a glimpse of something terrifying in Joe's eyes. When Joe looked at him, it was the same terrifying and cynical look that he saw the night before in the moment when everything changed when Joe attacked him. Joe, in this moment, suddenly stood up, lifted Thad off the couch, carried him upstairs back to the bedroom where they were the night before. Shit. Put him on the bed and began the attack all over again. This time, 
targeting his left ankle. Oh my God. Okay. He immediately grabbed Thad's foot, both hands, and began to twist it in an unnatural way until the pressure was too much and the bone once again snapped. Pain rushed through Thad's body, but this time enough for him to sit up and strike Joe with a punch, but his attack was useless. Joe then took a pillow and pinned him down with the pillow over his face and told him that if he tried to fight back again, the next time he would be breaking his neck or his back instead of his legs. Holy shit. So he had two options. One, basically be paralyzed or dead by trying to fight back or continue to lay back and accept the brutal torture And at one point during this part, Thad had looked down at his left foot as it was being twisted so extreme that the skin on his ankle was being wrapped like a rubber band and his foot was facing backwards. Oh, God, you're just torturing us now. This is horrid. This is in. (laughs) Oh, I don't even. Later on in court, he, he was asked as he took the stand, what did your foot look like? And he said, quote, it was facing backwards. Wow. Holy shit. Okay. It's like hard to even know what to say. This is just so, (laughs) this is so unfathomable to me that this is happening. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wild. And I can't stress enough that this is a 13-year-old boy going Mm -hmm. through this. Well, and the fact that that was even happening and got like a punch in, it's kind of impressive. It is. It really is. Yeah. I kind of felt ill before this podcast, so this is great. (laughs) Just making it worse. This is great for me. (laughs) Well, it took a while for this bit of attack to be over. And Joe began to confess to Thad that this wasn't just the, the sound of breaking bones that was making him do this. He also enjoyed and had a fascination with bones that went a little bit further. He enjoyed trying to fix and reset bones. Okay. So he opened up a dresser drawer that was jammed full to the brim with brand new sets of white socks and elastic bands. Then to top it all off, he also had an old hospital leg brace and he used all the materials, layering socks after socks as padding and elastic bands to hold them in place and then use the brace to hold the legs still. And while doing this, Joe even talked about how he tried to break his own legs in the past, but he just couldn't quite get the angles right to get the job done. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Huh. Okay. So this whole medical procedure, if you want to call it, that he was trying to perform, it was crude. It was improvised. It was a basic... A attempt of a medical splint that was just not even coming close to working one iota. He had little knowledge at all about what he was doing. All he knew that 
he wanted to write the bones basically and then let them get back into place so hopefully he could come back and break them all over again where the actual shit is he like getting this fascination and learning this stuff from that's a very good question this that is unbelievable like i'm i'm very speechless here so i apologize that i am just processing and yeah it's not going well in my head right now <laughs> well continue to try and process because it's it's one of those cases that i don't think we can process to the full extent mm -hmm. so after enduring torture several times that day and having more of his bones and his legs broken wow thad heard joe talking to someone else in the house down in the kitchen he listened as close as he could, but he could hear no other voice of no other person. So to Thad, this could only mean one thing. He's talking to himself. Not talking to himself, because he was definitely talking to another person. He thought there must be a working phone somewhere in uh, the house. Okay. And he's pretty sure he was in the kitchen when he was having this conversation. So Thad knew in his condition that this was his only chance to get out of the house well, yeah, and was this the, phone. How the fuck is he going to get there, though? Well, in the evening, Joe told Thad that he was going to be leaving the house, but not before warning, threatening, and of course, further hurt, hurting Thad to prevent any attempts of escape. This, however, didn't stop him. He knew that he needed to get down to that phone. He needed to escape. He needed to do what he could. So once he was certain that Joe was out of the house and that he was alone, he rolled his broken body out of the bed and began to slowly crawl his way through the house. Oh my gosh. He made his way to the top of the stairs, which was his biggest obstacle on the way. Which uh, even making it that far is a feat. Oh, definitely. His first attempt, mind you, um, he decided he was going to try and slide down the stairs like feet first, but his oh. legs were in way too much pain that it was an impossible feat, mm -hmm. a completely impossible feat. Mm -hmm. And Thad knew that standing was, of course, out of the question and slowly going down the stairs as he's looking at it now, no matter the direction, it wasn't going to happen either. So this left him with only one option. He gathered up all his strength and all the adrenaline that he could, and he threw himself down the stairs. Wow. Seriously. If he couldn't slowly climb it, he was going to fall it. Holy man. This guy is incredible. At like, 13. Incredible. It's wild. And, and I'm going to say this now because, of course, you guys know it's going to happen. He is 100% our badass of the day. Yeah, like he, the will in him to live is, that's incredible. Oh, we've only scratched the surface. Okay, good to know. So in the fall, he of course blacked out from the pain. <laughs> but he would wake up a while later in a broken heap at the bottom of the stairs. But he knew what he had to do. He had to make his way to the kitchen. He had to get to the phone. So he slowly crawled making it about a foot at a time and passing out in between each wow. interval. He would make it about a foot and pass out, 
wake up, make it about a foot and pass out all from the extreme pain mm-hmm. that he was in. And I imagine he doesn't even know how long this is taking either. He has also no. like freaking out of when Joe's going to be getting home. Exactly. He doesn't know if he passed out for a minute yeah, or an hour. Exactly. So he's getting closer and closer to the kitchen, nearly there, right where the phone must be when he heard oh, the front door. You're fucking open. kidding. Seriously. I'm pissed now. Joe came in with his girlfriend. His girlfriend. His girlfriend. He couldn't see the two, but he could hear them. And she left after a moment. And when the door closed, Joe came walking through the kitchen into the living room where he was laying just outside the kitchen. And Joe was furious. Mm-hmm. Now, Thad, at this point, he uh, he was passing out so much that he wouldn't even be awake for any sort of punishment that would be dealt to him. So in the morning is when Joe would give him his punishment and torture once he, he wanted, actually woke up. He wanted him awake. He wanted him awake. So Joe continued. He was twisting his legs, grinding the bones against one, one another as they moved. He would even jump up and land on his legs, his broken legs with his knees. This guy is a literal monster. He is. Thad did everything he could to get through the pain and delay the assault as best he could. At one point, he said, I think I heard someone coming in the driveway. And in that moment, Joe quickly got up and looked out the window as if he was actually almost expecting someone. Okay. Now, it didn't buy much time, but it was at least a moment in between the brutal torture. And every moment at this point counted. Thad, in that moment, assumed that Joe must actually be expecting someone. He must be expecting his girlfriend to come by again. So throughout this experience, a few more times, he would say that he thinks he hears someone outside or someone's in the driveway. And each time it brought him a brief break as Joe would go look out the window. But is that not, I feel like that's also going to be making Joe mad. Potentially it could be. Now this was all absolutely horrific and it brought Thad to ask a question. So during this horrific experience, while he's being beaten And in extreme pain, he asked, have you done this to anyone else before? Because, I mean, this is so extreme. Is this, is he really going this far on a first assault? Yeah, that's actually, uh, I feel like that's an impressive question. That is. That you're in that much excruciating pain and being tortured. And you're curious if anyone else has gone through this. At 13. Yeah. I'm The age, I cannot get over the fact this kid is 13. Like, he is a literal fucking badass. Yeah, he's a child. Wow. Like, that's that's incredible. Yeah. So to answer his question, and given Thad's current state, Joe must have assumed that there was going to be no escape and that he would probably be killing him soon. So he had no problem confessing that, yes, there were, were other people. And he had actually given a couple names and then continued his punishment. That he, like, killed, probably? Yes. Seriously? Yes. Other people that endured this and other people that he killed. And then he continued his punishment. And he continued hurting Thad to whatever extent he deemed necessary. This guy is literally a nasty motherfucker. Yes. Wow. So eventually, Joe's girlfriend did show up. She did pull up in the driveway, which meant the torture was over for now briefly yeah so 
To prevent Thad from trying to escape again, Joe decided he was going to put him in the closet and shut the door and lock it. So he left the house with Thad locked in the closet. And the one thing he didn't account for, because he's assuming he's going to be locked in there, he's not getting out and he's going to be done. He's not going to be able to do anything, not be able to get anywhere. He's helpless, right? But he didn't account for Thad's determination. That's the key here. Once Thad realized that he wasn't the only victim of this brutal bone-breaking torture, he knew that if he died, if he was going to continue to be able to do this, he wasn't going to be the last one. So Thad set his focus on escaping to ensure that this didn't happen to anyone else. Oh my gosh. That makes me want to just cry, hey? Doesn't it? Like Thad is just like the most amazing person in the whole world. He's an angel. Yeah. He's like, I don't want anyone else to go through this. I'm going to make sure I escape and bring this guy to justice so he can't do it to anyone else. And he's thinking of this while he's locked up while he's brutally beaten with massively broken legs. In, and he's in shock. In shock. And he's fucking 13. And still able to think clearly to, to prevent this from happening to someone else. Or the exactly. thought of that. Right? Wow. Like, I keep saying wow, but this is un- this story is unbelievable. It's wild. Absolutely wild. Um, so he's locked in this closet and he knows he needs to escape, but he doesn't know how. So he begins looking around in the closet for something to help. And between all the garbage, the dirty clothes, the rotting food that's in there. Oh, it just must reek in there. It's going to be gross. But he's rifling around and he finds an electric guitar. And this guitar was going to be the perfect thing to break through the thin walls of the manufactured wooden door. Wow. So he takes this guitar and begins smashing the door with it. He breaks through the door, reaches through and unlocks the door from the other side and opens it. And he's now out of the closet. (laughs) Okay. So has Joe not really been injuring his arms? It's more so his like legs. He's only been after his legs. His hips, like leg area. I'm sure that he's like hitting them and beating them a bit, but he's, he's only focused on breaking the legs and stuff right now. Okay. So he hasn't been. Okay. Yeah. Oh, which I'm like, I was just gonna be like, well, I guess it's slight blessing, but. This is all nothing in here is. Well, there's silver linings, right? Yeah. There's there's always a silver lining somewhere. And there is going to be some silver linings here shortly. Okay. So once he smashed through the door and it was open, he proceeded with the same escape plan as yesterday. Only this time, he knew that this was going to be his last attempt. If he was discovered this time, Joe was going to kill him. Uh Uh-huh. And that was... Without a doubt in his mind. Yeah. So he pulled his broken body along the floor again to the top of the stairs. (laughs) And this time he didn't even hesitate. He just immediately threw his body down the stairs to the bottom. Oh my gosh. And just like last time, he blacked out. And then he would crawl a foot or two and black out again. Crawl a foot or two and black out again. And just like you said, he has no idea the time Mm -hmm. this is taking. In any moment... That door can open again. Yeah. But he knows he just got to keep going like this. This whole man, I'm like almost like pumped for him in the sense that like just having that much like will and desire and determination like this boy is going to do if I mean, you said it's a survivor story, but good things. 
Well, his first good thing is he made it. He made it. He made it to the kitchen. Okay. So as he got to the kitchen, there on the wall, he looked up, was a phone fixed to the wall up high. Oh, of course. But I did say there's some silver lining things. Mm -hmm. Lucky enough for him, this phone had a long coiled cord that was hanging down. Perfect. So he managed to make his way to the phone, reach up, grab the cord, and yank it off until it fell down. And then that's when he realized he had a suck, a second lucky silver lining moment. All the numbers to dial were on the receiver that were now in his hands okay. that have mounted high up on the wall with the phone. Because I was like, where are the numbers? I was waiting. Where are the numbers? Please don't be on the wall. They were right in his hand. Amazing. So he quickly took the phone dialed 911 was able to give a very brief description of where he was located and the house and everything right and it only took a few minutes before police were later storming the house yes however i want to make a note here the police initially thought this was a prank call no way they they didn't hesitate to show up okay good i was like you're kidding but they initially thought this was a prank call and there is audio recording of this 911 call where the police are like yeah we're on our way to this house this better not be a fucking prank call because thad was so calm and collected on the phone they thought there's no way this kid's like kidnapped at a house and in lit in like dying basically from the pain yes Seriously, he was calm on there? He sounded like a normal kid, just like I'm talking to you right now. Just a kid's voice. This guy is just like miracle. He's a miracle. While he's on the phone, you can hear police storming in the house. And like, Thad, are you there? And he's like, yeah, I'm over here. And they're like, is anyone else in the house? No, I'm the only one. He's just talking to him normal. It's in fucking sane. How on earth? It just has to be a shock thing. He has so much adrenaline going through his body, I guess, right? Maybe. And my, I mean, it must be. I can't but think still, of you, any other way. You still think your breathing and stuff would be labored because you're just like, your body is going through hell on earth. Yeah. So like you said, hell on earth. He is clearly in absolute rough shape when they arrived and they did rush him to the hospital. Now his legs were swollen, broken in multiple places, bruised with significant discoloring all throughout. And on the way to the hospital, the ambulance attendants told him They estimated that without any medical attention, he would have died in about two hours due to internal bleeding in his legs. If he didn't make it to that phone, he had only two more hours to live. Oh my goodness. Really? So even like if Joe didn't finish him or not, basically. It was either he died in that closet or he made it to the phone. Huh. Wow. That is, that's just incredible. That this story is unbelievable. It's wild. Yeah. So clearly this is going to be a long road for recovery though for Thad. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine. But even still, he only had one thing on his mind. He wanted Joe to be stopped and to come Mm -hmm. to justice. So only hours later, that same night while in the hospital, Thad was trying to remember the names of the victims that Joe had previously mentioned to him. Now he could only ever remember one name. Oh dang. But still, that's good. Yes. He could only remember Chris. Chris S couldn't remember the last name so that same night while they're trying to figure out this name his dad is sitting there beside him and at the hospital bed flipping through the phone book reading s names to him to try and jog his memory trigger it and see if they could figure out names because this is another local individual clearly a victim of this kid Mm -hmm. local phone book the name has to be in here 
So he's reading through the S names and he gets to Steiner. And that was it. Chris Steiner. That was the name. He said, that's the kid. That's the name. He said that one. Chris Steiner, a year before on July 4th, 1994. Went missing. Went missing. He was 14. Oh my gosh. So Chris had a new job at McDonald's and needed to be up early for a shift. So he went to bed and his parents went to wake him up the next morning at about 6.15 a.m. He wasn't work. there. He was gone. Now, initially, it took them 24 hours to report his disappearance because they thought 4th of July, 14-year-old kid might have snuck out, all this sort of stuff. So it was the next day when they're like, okay, something's really wrong. So they reported him missing. An investigation ensued. And they did discover, after actually investigating, that there was a cut screen on the window of his bedroom. Really? And after talking to the parents, there was one door that was left unlocked that is always locked so he like snuck through the the cut screen and then went out the door correct they also did find muddy footprints in some areas of the house and footprints in the yard that were too big to be chris's so this guy is a literal 17 year old or 16 year old or whatever like serial killer hey basically (sighs) that's mind-blowing yeah oh my goodness and to think that if that did not get away, how many more people that he would have done this to? Yeah, exactly. Too, it wouldn't have stopped. It would have just gotten worse. It would have, 100%. So it would be five days later after he disappeared that Chris's body would be found. His body was caught snagged on a tree in a riverbank along the Wisconsin River. His body was found bloated and badly decomposed. An autopsy was done and his cause of death was said to be drowning, but there was no actual determination on how he ended up in the river or anything. So it was considered unknown, undetermined, but cause of death was drowned. Well, I mean, I imagine if he had some broken bones that he wouldn't have been able to swim, right? If he, if Joe did throw him in the water when he was like still alive. We're going to get to that, but as for as far as the autopsy went, no broken bones were found. Okay. Okay, but we're going to get to that. So, unfortunately, there was no other evidence that could really be found, and his case was left cold, and he was buried and laid to rest. Now, it was, back to Thad's story, it was quickly determined that an individual who was a suspect in Chris's disappearance was a local teenage bully by the name of Joe Clark. He was 17, and he was found and quickly arrested. Police went and got permission to re-examine Chris's body. So they re-exhumed his remains, and to their astonishment, the autopsy completely missed several broken, broken bones in his legs. How? It's assumed that due to the bloat in his body, uh. the Breaks weren't visible or anything. Okay. So it gave no reason for x-rays in the area. Okay, I guess. Especially considering drowning. They're looking at like asphyxiation, lungs and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So. That, okay, that's fair. That makes sense. So once they compared Chris's x-rays to Thad's x-rays, the breaks were almost in identical fashions. Really? Same way of force, same spot the breaks were in, you name it. Gosh. Which confirmed Joe and Chris's assailant. Just like a 
this teenager has this like MO already. Like this is just so disturbing. I'm so disturbed by this case. Get ready for this one. It gets freaking worse, doesn't it? Well, it it doesn't necessarily get worse, but there's a a final smoking gun, if you will, um, for Joe. Um, They would end up, of course, getting uh, search warrants and everything, and they would search his room and they found a notebook. And within this notebook, there were three handwritten lists. These three lists included the names of local boys and all the headings on the list were A, get to know, B, can wait, and C, leg thing. Oh, seriously? Yes. Leg thing. Leg thing. That's fucked. Isn't it? Yeah. So did they find out the other freaking names of the other ones then? Uh, unfortunately, anyone that um, was confessed by Joe, no, they're not too sure. And there is no other evidence on any other actual victims. Okay. Nothing that uh, anyone is aware of. Huh. So it would take nearly a year before the trial occurred. And Thad stood trial without fear of Joe. He said he could not wait to get up there. And he did not. He was not afraid of him. He said. Oh my gosh. He's incredible. Joe pleaded insanity at the trial. And claimed that he had absolutely no recollection of the events whatsoever. He said he did remember just having every intent to to hang out with Thad and that's it. But he just blacks out and doesn't remember anything else. But he did also say that it was Thad who broke his bones himself. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I totally like... I, I am a hundred percent, I believe like mental health is a thing. Like people can have mental health issues, Yes, but I do not believe him. I think that kid is full of shit. Well, the notebook with the three lists would throw that whole defense tactic out the window because it showed that he knew what he was doing and premeditation. Right. Yeah. So in regarding to Thad and the kidnapping and attempted murder, Joe would receive 100 years in jail and that's where he is today but that's not the end oh of course not of course not because i just have to say one more thing here yes he literally blacks out when the shit's going down but that he knows that thad broke his own bones i know that just isn't none of that makes any sense i know i'm pissed right now yeah what the hell he better still be in jail ben like, come Why on. are you threatening me? Because I'm not going to be happy here. And it's like bedtime and I'm going to have to try to get a nice sleep because I'm going to the gym in the morning. And like, I better not be getting even more pissed here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't even got to like say anything yet. And you're just like literally threatening me. <laughs> yeah. Everyone listening is like, oh, I hope Ben's okay. No shit. <laughs> if I wake up with a broken leg in the morning, you know what happened? Wow. Well, I was referring more to there was also a trial for Chris Steiner. Who was the one who was found drowned and everything. Oh, okay. I was like. Yeah, you were drawing a blank there for a minute. Okay, yeah. So, of course, there was the trial for Thad. Mm -hmm. And Joe received a 100 years sentence for that. Okay. But now we're on the trial for Chris Steiner. So I cannot clarify this part of it. I could not get a name, so I couldn't research it. Any article I looked, I could not find it. So if someone else has any information on it, please reach out. I'd love to actually be able to find some more information. They had asked 
Thad to stand trial for this Chris Steiner case as well. Okay. Days before, and again, just clarifying, I can't confirm any of this if it is true. So just clarifying that this is hearsay at this point. Days before this trial, one of Joe's apparent friends showed up to Thad's place with a hunting rifle and shot him in the back twice. Shot Thad in the back? Yes. Joe had actual friends? Apparently. And so he still survived this shooting apparently and was still able to go on trial. I could not find the name of the person who apparently shot Thad. So I could not find any information on if this is true and I couldn't find any articles on it whatsoever. But I did watch one YouTube video where they talked about it. So I'm curious if that's true or not. Yeah, because that seems wild. How it on does. earth could Thad go through anything else? I know. So that portion is hearsay, okay? However, there was for sure a trial held for Chris Steiner. And Joe pleaded innocent to the murder charges. He, unfortunately for him, did not have an alibi. And there was an absolutely overwhelming amount of evidence, of course, found through Thad's trial. And the jury would find him guilty of Chris Steiner's murder. Good. And this case would finally be closed and there was finally closure for his family. And Joe would be given a life sentence. So he is now 100 years plus life okay. in prison. So he's in jail right now. You betcha. Okay. <laughs> I was very hesitant yeah. to ask that because if he was not, I would have rage. <laughs> no, I can tell. <laughs> no, Joe is going to be behind bars for the rest of his life. Um, Thad walks around alive today, walks around just, just fine. Whoa. Um, though he will forever be reminded of the horrors he went through with each step he does take because yes. he is left with a bit of a limp that follows him everywhere. Um, but I do want to say that limp uh, is definitely not a sign of weakness. That limp is a sign of strength and a testament to who he is and his resilience 110%. Well, he, yeah, it's unbelievable what he went through and that he was still, I don't know, his will to live is unbelievable. It's in incredible. There are so many people that I think like in that situation, like you wouldn't, and and rightfully so too, like you would just, I think, give up and be like. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I, I'm just done. In the face of something like that, it's so easy to give up. Oh, because yeah. Because that's, that's, what are you left with? You well, have nothing. It's taken away. And the pain and stuff, like, yeah. So I think. And you would probably just think that you're done. Like, like you're, how on earth would I get out of this? Yeah. And I, I do think that um, if Thad didn't have that thing to look for, that he was trying to save someone else because he had concrete knowledge that this is going to happen to someone else because mm -hmm. it happened to more than just me. Mm -hmm. If he didn't have that, I don't know if he would have survived. Yeah. Because I think that's what got him to push through. He was thinking about something much bigger. Yeah. He was thinking about, I need to stop this guy from hurting someone else. Yeah. And he wasn't thinking about his own survival. And I think that's what made him survive. And what makes him like a complete incredible person. Oh, Pretty much everything about that story makes him a complete incredible person. But yeah, yeah, that definitely the top of the list. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And I mean, I've broken very little bones in my life. I've only ever broken like, I think, well, they say you break like toes and stuff lots and you don't even know it. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I've broken a toe or two once or twice. 
Um, and then I broke my hand once. Oh, I broke my one hand twice in the same spot. But that's it. So pretty minor stuff for me. I can't imagine have someone literally torquing your leg to the point of it just snap. <laughs> yeah, that sound I think that you would hear, right? Oh. Oh. The sound would probably, well, not like, of course, the pain, but I think the sound is what's going to live with you. Because mm -hmm. I know, there. remember my stag party when we, two weeks before we got married and yeah. I sent you that picture? People so, probably don't know this. Well, funny story. Two weeks before we got married out of my stag party, I was fed a lot of drinks and I ended up tripping around the bonfire and I hit my head on a stump that was like a seat by the bonfire and I hit my, like, just side of my face, right mm -hmm. beside my eye. I can still hear the sound to this day of my head hitting that and wood. And you still have a scar, don't you? A little bit. You have, you got to look hard for yeah, it, but it is I can, there. It's actually quite visible right now. If you look for it, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't notice it otherwise. So as a wedding photographer, A, like don't <laughs> have your stag that close to your wedding and make sure your wedding photographer will like edit that out if something bad happens yeah. because ours did not. No, I had a little bit of a black eye and a bit of a scab on the yeah. side of my face. <laughs> Which, but yeah, I mean, people would just expect that from you, Ben. Thank you. I think. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's it's that sound. Um, pain fades over time, but there's going to be certain things that cling to you, and I have a feeling that sound is going to be something that would probably cling with them. Oh yeah. Among other things, of course. Yeah, I mean the trauma that he must have. So I mean, hopefully. But just from the story of him and like how incredible he is, I feel like if anyone can kind of go on to maybe live somewhat of like a normal or happy life, it, yeah. it's him. Which, I mean, he does have a family now. He is he, okay. he does have kids and everything like that. So. That's awesome. So he's definitely living a good life now. They're, his kids have like one badass of a dad. That's for no sure. shit. Like Batman ain't got shit on Thad. No kidding. Yeah. Thad, the badass dad. Hmm. I can't. That's good, actually. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard this story. I mean, this would be probably one of those stories, though, that I would I would probably not dig deep because yeah. like, it's very disturbing. Well, this is one that uh, a friend of mine has been requesting for a while, uh, Dana. Mm. So shout out to Dana. She yeah. uh, she was talking to me this uh, just the other day, actually. It was well, a few weeks ago. She's like, yeah, you got to do this one. Got to do it. I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll do it here coming quick. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that would have been pretty brutal to research, so yeah. well done. Thank you. And now I want to go listen to it on Morbid, because apparently they did it like three days ago, too. Oh, gosh. I know. So I want to go hear their their take on it, because I didn't want to listen to it as I'm like in the middle of researching this, because I right. didn't want to get like affected by how they did it. But mm -hmm. I'm curious their take, too, and what their opinion is. Yeah, because I mean, everyone has their different takes on it, too, and like their personalities and what they choose to, because like you could probably... Many of our podcasts could be numerous episodes, right? Because oh, yeah. Because only select certain bits and like fit them in the show and stuff. So, well, I mean, like, honestly, this case could probably be turned into like a 10 part Netflix documentary series, even. Yeah. Like, easily, because you can, we can talk to people involved and we can get statements. And, and there are documentaries on this one out there where you, you, know, you can pull statements, you can get the 911 audio call, mm -hmm. and you can, you can do massive deep dives. Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, it's curious to really see what other people know. And like I said, I'm really curious to see if anyone knows if Thad was shot, if that is a true thing. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that really didn't happen because that boy went through enough. Yeah, it seemed like it was a bit of a far-fetched 
um, portion of the story, but it also, I was like, well, why is someone going to just make this up? Like that, there's got to be something to it. So I'm curious if anyone can find anything on that. Yeah. But I certainly wasn't able to. Hmm. I mean, my main reaction to that was Joa's friends. <laughs> well, because seriously, who the fuck would be his friend? He's he, he a monster. Apparently had a girlfriend. Yeah, that is mind blowing. But I also feel like he had like dual personalities in a sense. Well, there there was something. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of research on it because I already had a lot of information. And I think this podcast is already at about an hour right now. But there was something about potential lead poisoning leading to a lot of child um, aggression in Wisconsin in these these years because apparently um, there was like a, a lead type gold rush in the 1800s and there's lots of lead in the area um, as a result of it and it has led to a potential um, apparently it affects kids and violence or something and I, really? I'm actually kind of interested to do a little bit of post research on that and see if it is a, a factor Huh. And then there was also claims in court that um, uh, Joe's mother uh, drugged him as a kid and she was taking drugs during his pregnancy. And there's some other different things at play there potentially, but it seemed like a lot of them were just defense claims. Well, and honestly, though, to get to that point, like he had to probably have some sort of not the best of pasts, really. Because I feel like to to literally get be that young, like you're still pretty young. Yeah. And to be that much of a fucking monster that like something had to happen that wasn't all good to you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just like we shouldn't be showing like I don't want to show him any sympathy, but like something had to have happened, I feel like. I think so. And there there isn't a whole lot of information. Most of the things out there regarding what it could be is hearsay is hey, maybe this is it. And someone just kind of like talking about it. There's no real, real research or real information regarding what it could potentially be. So it's, yeah. Yeah. There was a recent uh, Grey's Anatomy episode where somebody had a bullet stuck in them and they were getting lead poisoning and it completely changed them. So that could be a thing. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't know. Lots of times Grey's Anatomy actually takes real yeah. life situations though. But the bullet was in this person's like, I don't chest cavity for like 10 years or oh, something. Oh, that would make And then okay. it's after like it started leaking or whatever. I don't even know. Yeah, no, over a course of years. Yeah, if it's yeah. still stuck in them. I was thinking like, oh, I just got shot 10 minutes ago and now I have oh, lead no. poisoning. Yeah. No, I was no, like, I described um, it badly. Yeah, that's why I said, I don't think that's how that works. It's not like the bullet's melting in them or something. But no, over years, yeah, the lead might slowly seep into the, the system. The never ending show, hey, Grey's Anatomy, what? that I've watched every episode of. What season are they on now? I don't even know. 19 or something they're going into? Jeez Louise. I don't know. It's crazy, but I'll keep, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah. Keep watching it. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys can keep listening, maybe. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Uh, if you want to go give us a cool review, that'd be awesome. You can go give us a five star or give us a one star if you want. Go ahead and be honest. We'd prefer five. Five star all the way. Um, you can give us a little like blurb and what you think. You can go ahead and check out our Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or Patreon. All the stuff is listed down below. And we just appreciate you being here too. That is fantastic. You don't have to do anything else other than that even. So thank yeah. you so much for just that. Thanks for listening to us ramble on about fucking monsters for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate we, you we a lot. Def, we we definitely do, but we don't appreciate the fucking monsters in this world. No, we don't. No. So anyways, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. And until then. Stay wicked.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.